You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Always appreciate you joining me here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. I do apologize for only giving you one podcast this week. I've only been doing this by myself, right? Doug told you last week that he was going to be taking on a new project. There's been a lot on my plate, so I do apologize for only cranking out one. Uh, It's been NFL week. The NFL season is finally here, which makes me very excited. I'm a big NFL fan, just a big sports fan in general, as you all know. And I'm excited for the Bears and Packers to kick things off tonight. But because the NFL season is here, we've talked a lot about the Carolina Panthers, a lot of different things, responsibilities, uh, Charlotte 49er responsibilities have come my way because of the football season. It doesn't mean that it's going to always be like this by any stretch of the imagination, but it was pretty crazy this week. So I was only able to give you just one show Uh, because usually regarding the Charlotte Hornets this time of year, we don't get that much content, but the content gods have blessed us with material. We actually have some things to talk about regarding your favorite franchise. So I'm actually glad that even within the context that it is, when we're talking about training camp invites, we're talking about two-way contracts, even just being within that context, which a lot of people don't find all that compelling, I find it at least a little bit alluring at this time. We can't ask for much. Beggars can't be choosers in the month of September, early September, late August, when it comes to content in the NBA, especially with a team that's not expected to win very many games this season. So I'm going to take what I can get. I do want to tell you what Doug is up to now, though. So it was weird. We were very vague. He just had to work on a project. We didn't want to tell anybody yet. But actually, boss man, David Locke, hired Doug Branson as a producer and as someone to help out pretty much every single podcast within the Locked On Podcast Network just to sound better. He's even got a write-up and everything in the community email chain. So David Locke does send out that email and he says that Doug Branson will be the producer in charge of basically making sure the overall sound quality of the network uh, sounds better. And so Doug Branson, always a genius at this stuff. You guys have no idea how good he is behind the scenes, not only just audio-wise, but working with the visual side of media, he is very good. And so David Locke recognized those talents, and he hired him to be a producer just based uh, in a very broad way of the Locked On Podcast Network, not just this individual podcast. Like I said, though, we'll get back to the Charlotte Hornets. The content gods have blessed us with at least some minor details about what the Hornets have been doing. Let's go back to Tuesday of this week, where we actually had some news come uh, the way of the Charlotte Hornets. So the Hornets, they added free agent point guard Kobe Simmons for training camp. He's 6'5". He played 35 games for the Memphis Grizzlies. He is a point guard, so it does provide some depth or at least some competition for that final point guard spot, you would think, like usual. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets would keep three-point guards. We've seen this before. Remember Brian Roberts, Gennaro Pargo, some of those guys being the third point guard on the roster. You've seen a lot of NBA teams kind of go by that rule. So Kobe Simmons could be that guy. Uh, he did, again, play 35 games for the Memphis Grizzlies. He did play one game with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He did spend most of his time in the G League. Played one year at Arizona, decided college wasn't for him anymore. So he went pro. Played in the G League for a while, like I said. He is a former McDonald's high school All-American. 
Uh, and now, so here's someone that would bring the roster up to 18. Now, remember, only 20 are allowed to go to training camp. So it was interesting, right? I talked to you guys about this last week. Jalen McDaniels, the second second-round pick of the Charlotte Hornets in this draft class, had not been yet officially brought on to the roster. So they drafted him, but this isn't a guy that was signed via two-way contract or via any contract at this point. You have to wonder if the Hornets are kind of waiting things out with Jalen McDaniels because we did go over this at the time of the draft. He was being sued by two women from the Seattle area who accused him of taking videos of each of them during sexual activity without their consent. And so I know some speculation was kind of out there, including by myself. You had to wonder, did this case have anything to do with the Charlotte Hornets' reluctance, or at least perceived reluctance, to sign him up to that point, right? We're kind of going back in time to Tuesday when Kobe Simmons was signed. That would bring the roster to 18. You're allowed 20 before you actually go to training camp. Uh, so there's two more spots left for guys to at least get a shot to make the roster. Then we get some news yesterday that the Charlotte Hornets decided to sign Ahmed Hill, a 3-and-D guy from Virginia Tech who played at, with the Virginia Tech Hokies all four years, uh, was a, a redshirt, I believe, senior. So he was act he's an older guy. He's, he's been playing for the Hokies for quite a while. And if that name sounds familiar and you're a college basketball fan, what might be his, and, and <laughs> unfortunately, his most infamous moment is when you saw him have that bunny at the rim to beat Duke in the NCAA tournament, but he short-armed it. It was a lob from out of bounds, Virginia Tech down two, and he's got a wide open layup, and he short-arms it and he misses it. And of course, he fell to the ground and was awful, and that's unfortunate. That's what I, that's the at least one individual play I remember him from. I had to look it up just to see if it was him, but it was. But overall, I really did enjoy watching Hill play at Virginia Tech. Again, I told you he was a really high-energy guy. I tweeted this out. High-energy guy, 3 and D player for them, uh, was very good three-point shooter for them. I think it's someone that never shot below 37%, if I'm not mistaken. So a very good shooter, and that's not on a small sample size. This guy let him fly often. And so this is someone as with a, uh, with, with a guy that's proud to play defense well and that can shoot. I kind of like this for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, what was surprising about all of this, though, is, one, he wasn't drafted, right? They extended a two-way contract to Ahmed Hill. And he wasn't drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. So that was kind of the weird thing that happened, number one. Uh, the other weird thing was that he wasn't on the Summer League roster, which all of you know. So he actually played with the Brooklyn Nets. He shot 41% from NBA range three on a couple of attempts per game. And he averaged close to seven points per game with the Brooklyn Nets Summer League roster. So I kind of like the signing, even if it's not Jalen McDaniels. It's just an odd situation, right? Even if it's not him, I do like the signing of Ahmed Hill. And then that brings us to yesterday, uh, a little bit after the Ahmed Hill signing, where eventually they did extend a contract offer to Jalen McDaniels. So Rick Bennell writes in the Charlotte Observer, the Hornets tendered a minimum contract to second-round pick Jalen McDaniels on Tuesday. It does protect the Hornets' draft rights should McDaniel sign elsewhere. That tender offer is only for a rookie minimum salary. So Rick Bennell does write that it would only be about $900,000, and it is not guaranteed. So it's unlikely McDaniels would sign such a contract. So if the Hornets have it their way, 
then the Hornets have the 20 guys that they want to go into training camp with. McDaniels would be that last guy if he were to sign. But if he doesn't, then that'll be 19. And you have to look at another guy that they might bring in. Who knows who that would be? But if the Hornets have it their way, if McDaniels does sign that, even if he's not likely to, even if he does, if, if he does sign that, then that would be the 20 that the Charlotte Hornets would go to training camp with. 13 guaranteed contracts. Those are going to be filled roster spots. There's two spots open left uh, for other players to make the roster. And then you have the two two-way contracts agreed to by Robert Franks of Washington State and also Ahmed Hill, who had just signed to a two-way contract just yesterday. Now, it doesn't mean that those are going to be the guys set in stone with those two-way contracts, but at least right now, those are the players that the Charlotte Hornets felt comfortable extending those offers to at the moment. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but... Is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night they didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com. Get Locked On Hornets on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car or you get home from work, just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. So it is interesting, right, to see that the Charlotte Hornets, all the guys that they signed, all of the names that maybe other people are not as familiar with, Kobe Simmons, Ahmed Hill, Thomas Welsh out of UCLA, Robert Franks, who was on the Summer League roster. Of course, you saw the big contract in second round terms given to Cody Martin. It was just behind the sizes of Bruno Fernando's contract and Carson Edwards' contract that were signed Bruno Edwards to the Hawks and Carson Edwards to the Boston Celtics. Cody Martin got the third biggest second-round contract, at least out of this year's NBA draft class. So some of those are the guys that are going to be competing for a couple of final roster spots uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. And then, of course, you do have a a couple of two-way contracts that will be given out. And you see that the Charlotte Hornets really utilized Greensboro last year as a very nice instrument to help develop and grow some of their players like a Dwayne Bacon who constantly was playing in Greensboro like a Devontae Graham who also was playing in Greensboro quite a bit the other two-way contract guys that played in Greensboro were Joe Cheely he was on a two-way contract he did get just the one bucket I think that he scored with the Boston Celtics and then the other two-way contract for the Charlotte Hornets was J.P. Makura, who saw, again, a, a lot of time with the Swarm. So you did see a lot of players uh, play down in Greensboro because of the way that Mitch Kupchak likes to send them down there, and it worked. I mean, you saw that James Borrego also really liked the way that those guys would come back to the active roster and, and play really well. We got to see them actually contribute quite a bit. Devontae Graham and Dwayne Bacon both contributed at a high level at the end of the season last year. In that weird space where you don't often find NBA teams, it seemed like they gave up. It seemed like winning was not their number one priority anymore. When they put in the young guys into the action at the end of the season, when it seemed like they weren't going to make the playoffs anymore, 
and then they started winning, and then weird things happening like Jeremy Lamb hitting half-court shots. All of that started to happen with the young guys out there on the floor. Miles Bridges getting more minutes as well as some of the other players I just mentioned. And then they kept him in, and it was a real playoff race. So, of course, they really liked the way that they were able to utilize their G League affiliate. Now, I think this has also left people a little scared, and I think in particular Mitch Kupchak's comments have made people scared. This is obviously a rebuilding team. They could have signed Kimba Walker, and they chose not to. So he goes to the Boston Celtics, and this is a team that in return gets Terry Rozier via sign-and-trade for a pretty hefty price. This is a team that obviously has its sights set on rebuilding and looking to win more towards the future than looking to to win right now. And that reason alone, you would think that would make them play P.J. Washington a lot this season. I still think that they are going to a lot. And I think people were really scared when Mitch Kupchak said that P.J. Washington would see some time in Greensboro. I actually talked to Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy podcast, and you should, of course, check that out if you do play fantasy basketball. Also just want general knowledge on the NBA alone. I actually got to talk to him. We do every single year, the Locked On Podcast Network. They, they have all of the hosts talk with Josh. He'll talk about some of the fantasy impacts, and then all of the hosts will kind of sum up the roster and what to expect for the season ahead. I got to talk to Josh, and he was one that was really worried about Mitch Kupchak's comments saying P.J. Washington is going to see uh, see time with the Swarm. And I always thought that was overblown. We saw Malik Monk a couple of years ago as a first-round draft choice go down to Greensboro uh, for a couple of games, and it really wasn't all that bad of an idea. In fact, I think a lot of people were kind of clamoring for him to go down to the G League and play there a little bit more. And then you saw this year, uh, Miles Bridges did not go to the G League, I don't think. I think Miles Bridges stayed uh, up with the active roster the entire season. But you did see their second-round pick go down there a little bit. And so when you look at Devontae Graham going down there a lot and and but coming back on the active roster and still being very good, I just don't think P.J. Washington is going to spend a whole lot of time down there. I think because Miles Bridges, their first-round selection – Uh, He didn't spend much time down there. And I think if P.J. Washington does, I would probably draw the over-under at about five games or so. And we've talked about this. You have to have those guys play on the floor at the same time. And we've talked about the redundancy of that selection. Not a lot of people uh, were a fan of P.J. Washington coming to the Charlotte Hornets. I would have rather gone somewhere else. I think that was clearly established. You have to make these guys work together, though. And if you're going to draft all of these guys sequentially in the first round, you know, P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, ideally you want all of those guys to play together. And so even P.J. Washington, not necessarily being a younger guy in today's day and age, coming out as a sophomore, but being the newest first-round pick, you, know, you're, you want to find a way where Miles and P.J. can coexist. And so does that involve P.J. playing the four and Miles playing the three? It'll be interesting to see exactly how James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak choose to utilize a lot of these guys. We'll take a quick break from the Locked On Hornets podcast. We don't do this podcast alone. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the number one local sports daily podcast network. Search Locked On in your podcast feed to see if your favorite NFL, MLB, or college team is represented, or you can go to LockedOnSports.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering your team 
Just one more segment to go. I want to talk a little bit about USA basketball. Kimba Walker keeps on tugging on our heartstrings, doing things that we used to see here in Charlotte, but won't see here again. And it's frustrating. And I want to talk about it. I want this to be a therapy session with you guys. One more segment to go here on Locked On Hornets. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah. listening right, to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We all know it to be true that the Charlotte Hornets fans are still grieving because Kimba Walker is no longer a part of this team. It was tough to see him go. Even me, who had been banging the drum of allowing Kimba Walker to leave this franchise in what I thought was the proper move, it is tough to see Kimba (laughs) not on this roster while I do look at Terry Rozier being the guy that's probably going to lead the team in scoring this season at a very inefficient rate. At a rate that's not going to get him to the All-Star game like it did for Kimba three straight seasons. It got him an All-NBA nod last season. It's going to be tough not to have Kimba a part of the Hornets franchise when he clearly wanted to be. It is going to be frustrating not watching him play for us, rather him playing for the Boston Celtics. It's even tough watching him play for the USA basketball team. Like not, Not that... I don't like him being on the team. I think we all enjoy watching Kimba Walker play. It's what we've become accustomed to. It's just tough because you know he's out there with guys like Jason Tatum. He's out there with guys like Marcus Smart. He's out there with a lot of the Boston Celtics who he's going to be playing this year for, Jalen Brown as well, and three other Boston Celtics teammates. And you get to see him do cool things like draw charges in overtime of big wins. I And... It's tough, man, and crazy game earlier this week. So USA Basketball goes up against Turkey, a team that is not expected to contend for the World Cup title. Turkey, with guys like Chetty Osman and Ersan Ilyasova, two really of probably the, even the the most in-depth basketball fans would know probably just those two guys. Turkey had USA on the ropes. It was in overtime. And Turkey actually gets fouled by Joe Harris intentionally. And because of the FIBA, ba- because of international basketball rules, not only when you get intentionally fouled, do you get to shoot a couple of free throws, but you actually get the ball back. So luckily for the USA basketball team, they would actually miss two free throws and then they get fouled again and they would miss four free throws in a row. They would miss four. Then Chris Middleton would get fouled (laughs) and hit all of his free throws at the end of that game to actually squeak by a one-point victory over Turkey. Kimball Walker did not shoot particularly well in that game against Turkey. He was only 5 of 14, but he did have, I believe, 5 of his 14 points in overtime. Had a crazy bank three. Again, he did draw a critical charge to turn Turkey over and give USA the ball. 
And this is a USA basketball team that is going to struggle. It's a team I heard on Dan Lebitard today. Today I'm recording this on a Thursday, probably going to release it on Friday. I, I, I did hear Brian Windhorse on Dan Lebitard say that he wouldn't think this team would actually win the NBA title, maybe if everything went right, but he doesn't think this team would win the NBA title if you assembled them together. Greg Popovich deciding not to play his big guys at the end of that game, just refused to do so. It was a tough, it was tough sledding for them. Now they destroyed Japan. They played them and beat them, I think, by 50, something like that. They're going to play Greece, and Greece has Giannis Antetokounmpo. Brian also said today that it would be really the first time that the USA would not have the best player in this tournament, and you're looking at him when you watch him play Greece. It will be Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the best player in this tournament. And so USA in some real trouble especially when you struggle with the likes of Turkey. Of course, you saw them lose that exhibition game against Australia. They were able to win the first time around, but they lost the second time that they played. It's going to be tough, but I, I just I find it, it it's tough to watch Kimba play still. I, I wonder if you guys feel the same way. Like, do you enjoy watching Kimba play for USA, or is it, even, is it, it's, it's, is it still more hurtful than it is pleasurable? <laughs> because... It, it's funny to see him take that charge. We've seen him do that so many times. And now he's going to be doing it in the white and green. And it's funny to see him get so much national recognition. I mean, could could anything more hit, right, for Kimba Walker to get all of this national love? Everybody had been begging for him to get national love. The Hornets would get one primetime game a year, and Kimba would try to ball out. You could see him put an extra, uh, extra packet of hot sauce on his handles every single time that ESPN would be in the house. You know, Kimba Walker is finally loved by the entire country. He was getting some national love, I guess, a little bit when he went crazy in the first month of the season last year for the Hornets. But it's just funny to see at every turn, he's mentioned on every single podcast. He's Everybody loves him. He's like a top five good guy in the league. And we all knew this already. It's tough to see that guy go. And now he is playing for USA Basketball, trying to help this team win a title, win a World Cup title as clearly the leader of that team. Clearly. Fun to see. It's fun to see Kemba play, but it also kind of hurts. And I wonder if you guys are feeling the same way. But it was interesting. You will see again. They, they just beat Japan. It was, a, it was a, a monster effort by a lot of those guys. Jason Tatum not playing in this game because he did sprain his ankle in that game against Turkey. It was late in that game as well. I don't know if it was an overtime or just at the end of regulation, but he did get hurt. I think it was overtime. So Tatum, I think, going to be out for one more game, but uh, they're going to reevaluate him and see if he can come back after that. So I appreciate you guys joining me on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I really do apologize for not being able to put more podcasts together for you this week. Uh, it is going to be somewhat of a hectic schedule. I do want to tell you guys that right now. Usually we had been on a Tuesday-Thursday schedule, but with Doug working on a lot of different things for the Locked On Podcast Network and me doing this solo with me having a lot of other things to do, whether it be the morning show, whether it be working for the Charlotte 49ers, I am going to try to get you um, at least a couple of podcasts a week. I just don't know if it's going to be Tuesday and Thursday or whether it be a Monday and a Friday. Not exactly sure, so just expect some pop-up podcasts. We'll try to tweet those out. 
when I release them, but just don't expect a set schedule. Like really we've gone with the entire time that I've been on the podcast in the past, but we do appreciate you listening. Always appreciate it. Remember you can subscribe to the show on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to, to this show on uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, and Spotify. And again, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Hornets.